Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the great man, Frank Madden, founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast. And I, I don't really know if this technically qualifies as an emergency podcast, but timing is everything. And the timing of this podcast is fantastic because we've just got the news through. Uh, the news that I think most people were expecting, but still it's nice to get confirmation. The MBPA vote has come through and... Uh, the player uh, representatives have uh, voted to approve a December 22 start. That's a 72-game regular season that we've discussed on the podcast through the week. It looks like we're going to have basketball before Christmas. I think for, for most basketball fans, this is a nice little note to get uh, late at night. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was shocking to me. You know, um, I think the players kind of pushing for a later start date. Um, I imagine that was mostly just a lot. I mean, it seemed like that was probably largely a leverage thing hmm. um, to see if they could maybe get um, some other concessions around, um, you know, some, some, some cap considerations, but um, yeah, I mean, at the heart of it, you know, as we kind of talk about a lot, right. The, the revenue split kind of is what it is for the most part. Um, it was interesting to see um, Shams tweet out that, there'll be a minimum 2% increase in the salary cap, which will stay at, at this year's level next year, which is um, about 109 million cap or a tax of about 132 million. Importantly, that's um, about 7 million under where we thought that cap was going to be pre COVID and <laughs> back when, back in those days, back and, and pre Daryl Morey. Right. Um <laughs> And, and about nine million, eight, eight and a half million under the uh, where we thought the tax might be. So that obviously will matter to the Bucks. We can talk a lot about that some other day. But um, but interesting to see there was this minimum two percent increase the next couple of years um, in the cap projected as well. Which um, I did some quick spreadsheet math. You know, a year ago we we talked about Giannis' supermax being worth potentially two hundred fifty four million versus about 161 million over four years for a competing uh, uh, offer from another team in, in 2021. Um, now that number has dropped to about 226 million and I think 144 million. Um, if it's only a 2% increase from where it is, um, you know, for this coming season. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> I think Giannis will be okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, this is definitely a, a change from, from obviously what we were expecting a year ago, pre COVID pre Daryl Morey and the China tweets, um, which also have you know taken a little bit of a ding um, to the, to the NBA's revenue. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And, and I, like, like you said, we'll, we'll obviously dig in more into kind of the, the cap impact stuff um, for the box. I, I thought the, the most, one of the, the most interesting things was talking about trying to move um, for agency up as, as sort of soon as possible. The draft is November 18th. Um, camp opens December 1st. Um, 
So I guess we'll see what that means for free agency. The big question to me is, would, would they actually have free agency start before the draft? Which I think is especially interesting if you're the Bucks because, you know, we, we've talked about these sort of like sign and trade Bogdan Bogdanovich scenarios, right? Um, we'll talk more about him in a moment. Uh, his name came up in, in Zach Lowe's piece, which we'll dig into deep. That was like basically a Bucks a Bucks uh, off-season preview from Zach Lowe, even though it was a general NBA off-season preview. Um, but if you're trying to do a sign and trade and you don't have many draft assets other than um, the pick that you have you know, now, um, it, it becomes very interesting because you, know, you can't arrange the sign and trade on draft night a week before free agency starts. That just doesn't happen. Um, but if the draft is after free agency starts, you know, you could agree to the sort of the terms of it and then, you know, play with around with when you execute it to make sure that, um, you know, you're not violating the Stepien rule of trading, you know, picks that, that you can't quite get. So, uh, so anyway, so that, that could have implications or suddenly a um, guarantee date. We don't know when that'll be. Um, but that will probably be relative obviously to free agency. Cause I would say, uh, they'll probably have to make a decision on that before free agency starts. Um, so yeah, those are to me a couple of the kind of key things to watch here over the next few days as kind of the details of this get hammered out. Um, because to me, to me that, that Ilyasova guarantee is probably since, you know, since it'll obviously it'll happen, um, ahead of free agency, we're assuming, right. To give Ilyasova every chance to, to go find a new team if he were to not have his deal guaranteed. Um, that to me is the biggest indicator of what the bucks how 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 big the bucks might swing with the trade right because if you're just trying to manage um manage your cap number and your tax number then ursan leosova at seven million dollars is not an interesting person to have on your roster but if you are trying to have capital to make salaries match in, in trades and things like that then having that expiring contract actually could be very very useful so that to me is going to be a really interesting thing to watch but i don't know anything else kind of that that you're thinking about here as, as some of these, these news get broken left and right by, by Woj and Shams? Well, the first thing I think of, and you've sort of ran through the guarantee date for Ersan, uh, when free agency will start. We know when the draft is. Training camp we know is going to be December 1st, but all these other dates shuffling around and the unusual nature of the order of way that when they might occur is really fascinating. And Woj also said uh, the trade uh, moratorium also will be lifted prior to the draft, he says, shortly prior to the draft now, basically at this point, it's uh, Friday the 6th of November as you're listening to this show. So pretty much anything between now and then is shortly to the draft because it's less than two weeks until that's uh, going to occur. So I think just all those dates are interesting to me. And also, I just think about Giannis. And obviously, this whole offseason is based around, are we going to get a Giannis extension? What is he going to do? I don't think the fact that uh, the timeline for this will be shortened compared to a new offseason. Uh, a regular offseason is going to have an impact on the decision because I do feel that he's probably, for the most part, made up his mind what he's going to do. I mean, that would make sense. He's had plenty of time to think about this. He's either going to sign something or he doesn't. The figures that you pointed out make sense. But the one thing I will say for Bucks fans, you don't really have long to wait here because he can't sign that extension during the season. So the timeline between would you get a Giannis extension this offseason or are we going to have a, a whole regular season of this being a, just a, a mammoth talking point the whole way through? And to be quite honest, just pissing off every Bucks fan uh, in the world, you're not going to have long to wait. 
Yeah, and I think the interesting question is going to be, you know, is he coming into this? There's there's really kind of three mindsets probably that he might have, right? He might be coming into this thinking, look, I'm I'm going to sign it, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take the money, I'm going to take the the responsibility of the supermax, be the franchise player that I believe I am, and you know, this is my city, this is my team, right? That that's obviously the mindset Bucks fans are hoping he takes. Um, I think the other mindset on the other spectrum would be, you know, I, I don't get any more money signing it this summer versus next summer. There's nothing that can happen injury wise that is really in the realm of possibility, sort of like a career ending injury that would prevent him from getting the same offer next summer. Right. I mean, if he tears his ACL bucks are still going to offer him the supermax next summer. So um, in that sense, like there's really not pressure for him to sign, um, you know, his agent, Alex Saratsis, would he, would he have a, a, would he like to go into next summer being the bell of the ball and, and being able to take Giannis around for, for, for meetings and be the biggest free agent target since, you know, LeBron. Yeah. I bet he wouldn't mind doing that. <laughs> you know, um, you know, would Giannis want that? I don't think Giannis is necessarily interested in, in the pitching game or whatever, but you know, that, that could appeal to, to certain people in his camp um, or the kind of in between, which could be, you know, we heard, suggestions that Giannis had some ideas on players that he might like to see the Bucks target. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich was, it seems was, was perhaps one of them. Um, so, you know, is he going to kind of go into free agencies kind of waiting and saying, okay, Bucks, show me, show me what the plan is. And depending on how that goes, then, then I'll sign it. I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, he could kind of go any of those paths and that's not even considering the possibility that, you know, he decides to, to do like a shorter term extension um, instead of a supermax, I actually, I, you know, I used to think that it was possible he would do a shorter term extension, which would be, it would not be for the full supermax 35%. It would be for 30%. So, I mean, he'd be giving up money to do that. Um, I actually feel like that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of no longer believing that seems as likely just cause it seems like kind of a half measure. And I don't know. I mean, there's definite arguments, arguments for it in terms of, you know, you push off free agency, you lock up a bunch more money. You don't have, you know, the same level of distraction if he was an expiring contract. Um, and he keeps his options open. He isn't committing to the bucks, you know, beyond kind of the, the core of, of this team's kind of window right now. Right. I mean, you know, five years, Brooke Lopez isn't on this team, you know, Chris Middleton's in his, you know, mid thirties, basically um, that team's going to look really different, um, which would, give probably a fair number of people some pause. Um, so the, the, the shorter term extension, I think has some logical, there's some good logic behind it, but I don't get the sense that that's really necessarily how kind of Giannis would approach it. You know, I feel like it's, I don't know. I just have this sense more that, that it's, he's either going to go for the whole thing or he's going to wait. And again, that could be wrong. Um, but again, there's just a lot of different ways this can go. And, um, you know, obviously we know kind of from a Bucks fan perspective what, what we'd like to see. But um, as you said, there's, <laughs> it's the first thing, the last thing that, you know, matters to the Bucks this, this offseason and really for the next decade. Uh, and it's obviously also the biggest storyline in the NBA's offseason, right? Which um, isn't necessarily the kind of story, <laughs> maybe the reason you would want the Bucks to be uh, a huge storyline, but it, it is what it is. And um, obviously if, uh, if he signs it, uh, it's going to be, very nice to have that kind of behind us and, and at least that controversy behind us. But 
I think we also know if Giannis signs a five-year Supermax, if the Bucks don't win a title, the same people are going to start talking about him trying to force a trade to Miami or Toronto or wherever, you know, pick whatever market you, you're, you're most fond of, right? Um, so I think something that this is going to come with the territory no matter what Giannis's contract situation is. Um, but again, all you can do is hope he signs and then hope you are extremely successful and win championships, right? And that's, that's the dream and that's the goal. It's time now for a quick note about our friends over at Built and in particular, their brand new product, Built Go. Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy in this is not fake. And that's the important thing to note here. It's lasting and natural. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every single day. Uh, Built Go is easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. I don't even know what an ounce is. That doesn't even make sense to me, but that's what it tells me here. Build Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it is better for the body. I might not know what 1.5 ounces is, but I can tell you they sent some Build Go out to me here in Australia. I made it across the Pacific. I've tried it out. I like it. It's fantastic. It's like drinking a monster drink without the, with a third of the caffeine and better results. I'm not a fan of those energy type drinks. I am a fan of this and they have it three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and also chocolate mints. We've got a great deal for you guys. Visit builtgo.com and use the promo code locked and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked and you for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. The worst case scenario out of all this is very obvious. And, and clearly the best case scenario is you do lock him up to the five-year Supermax. Zach Lowe mentioned in that story that many within the Bucks remain confident that he will do so. I don't think that any of us have ever uh, heard anything else out of the Bucks. That's certainly uh, the vibe that has been coming through right from the start. They've been pretty optimistic that Giannis is the type of guy that would want to hang around in Milwaukee and, and be the guy to deliver a title to the city and to the franchise. But the worst case scenario, obviously, is losing him for nothing. So, I, I mean, to me, I've, I'm interested that you said that you're kind of leaning towards, well, he either might do it or he could sign the Supermax because I've kind of been feeling the same way recently. And, and we both had the conversation that maybe a short-term extension would make some sense. But if you think about the way Giannis is, I don't think that he wants to deal with the drama and the circus that's going to follow him around next year and while of course the rumors will always be there particularly if the bucks are underperforming moving forward in many years and they'll suggest maybe he will get a trade but the point is he can actually do that so even if he signs this supermax that's obviously a great result for the bucks you hope he wins multiple titles here you hope he stays there forever but also for the franchise it would be the best result because if things don't work out well that's six years that, as you said, not only will the, would the value of a contract not go down next year, no matter what happens, the value of Giannis in the trade is not going to go down either, particularly with years left on the deal. So I think if you're a Bucks fan, the number one situation is he's here for a long time. But also, if you do sign him up, it means that you do avoid losing him for nothing moving forward. The one thing that I think we were going to talk about on this podcast, because you said this Zach Lowe article was really interesting, uh, mentioned a bunch of players, Victor Oladipo was one of them, Bogdan Bogdanovich came up, who Zach Lowe says the Bucks uh, love was the word he used in describing the Bucks' interest in Bogdanovich. And call me a, a little bit 
of a cynic here, Frank, but I know you brought up the Bogdanovich and Giannis and Thanasis uh, Instagram live call that they had a little while back. But whether there is a connection there or not and how you know, deep that connection is and how close they are, I don't think anyone really knows outside of this random Instagram live that they did do. But again, when we think about what the Bucks have tried to do over the course of the last few years to make Giannis happy, we think about little stuff like bringing Josh Oppenheimer back onto uh, the coaching staff. Now they love Bogdan Bogdanovich. Maybe there's a connection there. I wasn't shocked that that would be how the Bucks would feel about this guy, put it that way. And also, I think Bogdanovich is a, is a really fine player as well. I, I think that he would be a good fit in this team. He's the type of guy they could certainly use on offense, but uh, not shocked, put, put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I mean, we've been talking about Bogdanovich trades, potential trades involving the Bucks for over a year or so. Obviously, I mean, I'm, I, I like him as a player too. I, I think the, the interesting part here, of course, is this off season. There's obviously a much bigger emphasis on Jesus. We can't really keep Eric Bledsoe as our starting point guard, right? <laughs> In that question, whereas you know, a year ago. Um, there was still obviously I'd say a lot more hope that what blood so, you know, kind of went through in, in the Toronto series and the year before that against uh, the Celtics was not sort of indicative of what he would be kind of moving forward in the playoffs. And, you know, unfortunately it's just kind of the, the, the broken record um, of, of his playoff troubles um, kind of struck again. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's a challenging situation, right? Because Bogdanovich is, is not a pure point guard, you know um, he's bigger. He's, you know, more of a combo guard, probably his ideal scenario, you know, his I- ideal scenario is it to be a, a, a bench kind of six man, you know, a guy like in more of the George Hill role, obviously different player than George Hill, but, but in that role, that might be his better role to be honest. But again, I mean, it, the Bucks are obviously in a difficult spot as far as being able to make moves and being able to add talent and, you know, short of uh, a home run swing for Chris Paul, who's obviously, um, much older than well, pretty much anyone else the Bucks could target, and you know, again, as much as there have been some stray rumors of the of Giannis wanting to play with Chris Paul, you know, uh, Eric Name and our friends at the Athletic have suggested no, that's not the case. He actually um, is apparently not a Chris Paul fan, which you know, I, I don't I don't know exactly the story behind that, other than Chris Paul is just generally kind of annoying to a lot of people. <laughs> and he's really old too, right? So, I mean, if Giannis does care about finding somebody that he can, you know, have more than a, a one-year, two-year runway with, and then obviously there would be some logic in maybe not prioritizing Chris Paul in the way that obviously a lot of fans, I think, understandably would. Um, so, yeah, I think the Bogdanovich angle is, is interesting. And, hey, as long as Giannis likes good players – um, I don't mind the Bucks going after guys he likes, right? Um, you know, this is not this is not signing Thanasis to a two-year guaranteed contract. Um, this is obviously a very different scenario in, in signing, or at least being interested in a very quality player. Um, and I thought the the most interesting piece of it, of uh, the most interesting nugget, which kind of was, um, I think, reported for the first time publicly by in, in the Zach Lowe piece something we were kind of DMing with, you know, some of, with, with some of our um, Bucks Twitter crowd uh, about a week ago, which was, you know, Harrison Barnes and, and could he be a potential piece of a deal? And, and to be clear, I think he's owed about 60 million over three years. Harrison Barnes is obviously overpaid. 
um, he would not be a starter for the Bucks in in at least in a typical uh, setup. Um, but he is a guy that uh, you know. I think the logic behind it is if taking Harrison Barnes in a big trade where you're also doing a sign and trade for Bogdanovich, if taking on that contract allows you to not have to give up some other asset because, you know, the Kings don't want to pay Harrison Barnes that much money anymore. Um, then I think it becomes very interesting because again, it makes it challenging because there's just so much money in that trade, you know, that just making salaries match is hard. You, you definitely want to have Ilya Sova guaranteed to make a deal like that. Um, but you know, Barnes is the kind of player that could actually fit in really well. I don't know. I don't know that he's like the exact um, Marvin Williams replacement, but I think in practice, if you're moving towards more Giannis as um, as a true center lineups, um, Barnes is a guy that obviously going back, you know, to his Golden State days, has shown that he can be kind of that three and D four man versatile defender. Um, and I mean, we've seen it even when he's played the Bucks. I mean, he's obviously. I think a polarizing guy offensively doesn't pass, not a great dribbler. Um, but you know, he can go out and get you buckets and he obviously he's a pretty good shooter. So, um, so he's a guy that I think would definitely have a role on this team and could actually be a very good piece for them. Um, both regular season and playoffs. And of course he'd be very much overpaid and <laughs> constrict the Bucks long-term cap flexibility. Um, but in a scenario where, you know, you're adding another piece that you like in Bogdanovich, uh, and potentially, you know, does that save you from giving up a Dante DiVincenzo or save you from having to give up another pick? Um, obviously, then that becomes a lot more interesting, right? If you can add a guy that you think helps you um, on top of not having to give up another piece that, that you could use for something else. So um, I thought that was interesting. Again, those trades become really complicated. And in, in particular, because I just don't think Bledsoe makes sense in Sacramento, right? I mean, Bogdanovich makes more sense for Sacramento than Bledsoe. Um, so again, like, you know, do you try to get the Lakers involved? I, I don't know. I, I struggle to think of teams that, that Bledsoe sort of makes sense on. And I think even, you know, I, I remember whatever it was last summer, even kind of throwing around, like, is there, you know, Lonzo Ball centric trades with the Lakers that the Bucks could make with Bledsoe just because he's got the clutch connection and the Lakers obviously have had questions around their, their backcourt, right? So um, I don't know. I don't know if that's still a possibility. The Lakers obviously don't really have, I'd say guys that the Bucks necessarily would want. I don't think Kyle Kuzma is, you know, like a super, super desirable player for the Bucks. I mean, I like Danny Green, even if he couldn't make a three pointer in, in the finals, we've seen him make him in other series, maybe not against the Bucks in last year's playoffs either, but, um, but, but I, I don't, I don't know. So anyway, lot, lots, lots to be sorted out. And with, with training camp starting in, you know, under a month, um, obviously, we can expect to have uh, a lot more happening over the next few weeks. Harrison Barnes was certainly the surprise and got people talking as, as people went through that low pace. Uh, as you sort of pointed to, certainly defensively, it's kind of interesting. Last year with the Kings, uh, these numbers, uh, according to Cleaning the Glass, 54% of his time spent at the four, 44%, uh, 44% uh, spent at the three. He's really been a, a pretty inefficient scorer from basically everywhere outside of three, 38% uh, last year. But 
he was a, a struggled at the rim, 46 percentile uh, for his position and mid-range. Not a great shooter either. As you said, doesn't pass the ball a lot. He is a Team USA stalwart, though, a teammate of Chris Milton. I'm sure they have a pretty good relationship. And Brooke Lopez from that uh, disappointing World Cup campaign. I, I think in terms of preserving assets, if you get a guy that you really want in Bogdanovich and Let's be honest. I mean, he's he's limited Harrison Barnes. He's well overpaid, as you pointed to, $22 million next year, then 20, then 18 in a couple of years' time. So clearly he's going to be paid way too much, but he is a serviceable, serviceable player. I feel like he's been pretty unfairly maligned for a lot of his career, and then he's sort of been tucked away in Sacramento where no one really watches him play. But uh, he is a guy that can get you 20, 25 points, 30 points on any given night. He'd come off the bench. He'd probably be, when you think about it, he'd probably be the best bench scorer the Bucks have had in, in a while because the, they've really struggled to have someone that reliable uh, scoring off the bench. So uh, not ideal, but again, as you pointed to, maybe it saves you the pick or some other asset there. Uh, some of the other stuff from the low article here, Oladipo, again, as I already mentioned, was uh, someone that got brought up that the Bucks had been having some uh, conversations with. He did bring up the obvious point that we sort of laughed about when we discussed it. Uh, pairing Malcolm Brogdon with Eric Bledsoe would be uh, kind of hilarious for the Pacers if that was the case 12 months down the track. And the other point, you, you obviously mentioned Chris Paul a few times there. He said there's been no conversations. That lines up with uh, Eric's report, as you said. But overall... It does feel like this Giannis decision is going to dictate the entire summer and also dictate what the rest of the teams do. Miami in particular, who are one of those rare teams that do have cap space uh, heading into, obviously, this offseason, but next year they're lining up there to get Giannis as well. So really, we talk about all the trades and the potential for the Bucks to make a move. It does look like they're certainly being active and that makes a lot of sense given the way things ended. But... The, the Giannis decision is what it all comes down to. That's what everyone's going to be waiting for. That's what we're all going to be waiting for. And uh, a few weeks, we may have an answer. Yeah, and I think the only other thing I'd add is, you know, I, I, I still don't really have an answer. Um, I, I still don't know that there's a great answer for who is the Bucks' starting point guard next season, right? Um, because, like I said, if if you swing some blockbuster that nets you Bogdanovich and Harrison Barnes and sends out Bledsoe as, as, you know, to make kind of salaries work. Um, you know, again, then is George Hill your starter? Is Bogdanovich your combo guard backup? Is Bogdanovich your starter? In which case, obviously, you know, uh, again, like you hope that he could maybe be like a Goran Dragic type who's obviously has some defensive shortcomings, but is savvy enough that, you know, he can kind of make it all work. Um, but but it's a big question, you know, and and I, I think that there is no easy answer for for that point guard question uh, at this point. And and again, uh, you know, we've talked about Chris Paul, we've talked about any number of other players, maybe a little less glamorous. Um, but but that you know that that's to me is is probably question number two, right? Aside from Giannis, which is obviously you know again first, second, third, fourth. Um, you know, it's it's who who are the Bucks going to line up to be their starting point guard next year? Um, and, and, you know, can they find an upgrade on Eric Bledsoe? Again, an upgrade on Eric Bledsoe in the regular season is very different from finding an upgrade on Eric Bledsoe in the postseason, unfortunately. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, it, it seems like there is a lot of urgency from at least the reporting about the Bucks' interest in guys like Oladipo and, and Bogdanovich to, to do something. Um, 
but it's not necessarily <laughs> going to be a like for like, you know, just find a new point guard and swap them in for blood. So, which of course, you know, could, could have kind of wide ranging implications. And we, obviously we, we didn't talk about Drew Holiday today, but his name, um, you know, going now into the rumor mill as, as um, New Orleans apparently is now entertaining the idea of trading Drew Holiday. We've obviously talked about him in the past. Um, you know, he's probably the cleanest fit um, as far as a guy the Bucks could target um, to actually slot in just as a, a, you know, another great defensive point guard who maybe has some shooting deficiencies. Um, but again, he's obviously, a, I would say, I'd say still probably the guy that, you know, if you, if you pointed to one guy that I would be interested in, you know, acquiring this summer, I think Holiday's probably still the top of my list. Um, because in part, just what I mentioned, it's just hard to find, um, you know, other options that the Bucks are at least being connected with that would give them kind of a, a clear kind of new point guard to, to replace Eric Bledsoe. But again, if you're talking about New Orleans, as you were talking about the other day, then you're probably talking about shipping out Eric Ble- or Brooke Lopez, right? <laughs> um, and uh, obviously, as much as I think the Bucks have to more consistently be able to play smaller with Giannis at center, I mean, Brooke Lopez is still really good, really, really good, you know, like I, and, and the league changes so quickly, right. Um, you know, this, this summer, uh, point cards, you know, centers are out next summer. Who knows, right. Uh, does Daryl Morey work wonders of the Sixers suddenly, you know, a team in the East finals and you have to compete with them, right. If you don't have, uh, at least one Lopez brother, uh, to, to bang with, with Embiid, um, that obviously then suddenly you've got a really difficult matchup on your hand. If you sort of, kind of recalibrated your whole team to, to have Giannis at center. I, I personally don't know that I love, love Giannis having to defend Joel Embiid night in, night out in a playoff series. But, you know, that, that's obviously part of the calculus that, that the Bucks have to make, and they, they're going to have to make it really quick. Yeah, shout out to a number of listeners, by the way, who tweet, have tweeted at me over the last uh, 24 hours or so saying, uh, just uh, cut Robin Lopez's hair and trade him uh, for Drew Holiday and see if New Orleans don't notice. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that. I like the thinking of the listeners that came up with that one. And you know, as, you, as you pointed to, I mean, when you're just competing with a number of other contenders for the services of a player of the quality of Drew Holiday, the reason why I keep saying Brook Lopez, some people are asking me, well, why do you want him gone? It's not that I want him gone. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a realistic scenario where you can trade for Drew Holiday. So that's why Brook Lopez comes up. And I, I guess the final point I would make when you talk about a starting point guard and, and what would that be if you bring in the deal with Bogdanovich and Harrison Barnes, for instance, for me... It's not even so much about a starting point guard. And I know that's just the word that, that we use. It's more about the closing point guard, right? Because mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe is a fantastic player, but we know in closing times in the game, particularly in the postseason, he's very difficult to play next to Giannis. And that's also because of Giannis's limitations as well. I always like to point that out. So what you need to not rely on is Bledsoe being the third guy who needs to initiate offense, who needs to initiate pick-and-roll scenarios because the defense just isn't going to respect him because two years in a row his shooting is tanked, uh, absolutely tanked in the postseason. So if Bledsoe's not on the floor, yes, you mentioned George Hill, but you probably still need someone a little bit more versatile. So when I think about it, I say, well, okay, if you have Bogdanovich in the closing lineup, a guy that can get you some stuff offensively, can get his own bucket, certainly a better shooter then you get some respect and then you're probably looking at piecing together as you described it a less glamorous uh, point guard if if 
you know, if that's the, the term you want to use for your closing lineup, but it's about getting that more versatile third option, a more dangerous third option in your closing lineup. Yeah, and it's an interesting question with, you know, if, if George Hill is, uh, and again, I mean, at some point, George Hill is obviously going to have a drop-off. He's not going to shoot, you know, yeah. he's not going to lead the league in three-point shooting well, every did. season. But <laughs> That was a problem. Yeah, I know. I know. He's, he's not going to do it every season. Yeah. Um, and, and he really didn't. I think he was still in the high 30s in the playoffs. It's not like he had, like, some huge yeah. drop-off. But, you know, if he's in that ballpark, um, I mean, there's a very good chance that he's going to be your best option down the stretch of games just given his defensive versatility. Um, that again, I mean, again, behind door number one, we don't know who that's going to be. Right. Um, so I think there's still a very good chance that, that George Hill is, ends up being, you know, your best option to, to close games. Um, but again, how often did he close games this year? You know, with, with Eric Bledsoe around, I think, you know, Bud obviously tried to trust Bledsoe night in and night out. And during the regular season that worked out well, because Bledsoe was, was a great player during the regular season. But, um, but the question obviously is what happens. Um, I don't even know. I was going to say like the months when the playoffs are, but I don't even know like what is that going to be like May, June, July, I guess this, this coming year when whatever the calendar ends up looking like. Um, so it's, uh, so, so it's, it's, you know, it's a challenging thing, but, um, but you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. We, we've got um, a lot of, a lot of things are probably going to happen in the next few weeks. And we'll, 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 we will have ample time to discuss here, but kind of hard to believe the NBA season is, is almost upon us again, given the last one kind of seemed like it just ended. But I also don't really think the, I, I don't worry that much about the lack of kind of a long buffer just because, you know, you had basically a full off season before the bubble restarted. So I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what that'll mean for quality of play. Um, but I don't, I don't know that it'll be a, a really big deal. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about that either. We've spoke about it. The majority of the league has been uh, waiting to play, ready to play. So it's going to go into fast forward here. It's going to be kind of crazy. We're certainly going to have plenty of time to talk through all uh, the talking points, as you pointed to in the, in the coming weeks here. So we will come back to that. But like I said, uh, it's always good timing for a podcast when you get some big news right before you're about to uh, start recording here. And we probably have the Packers to thank for that. Uh, you were watching the end of the Green Bay game. They picked up a, a win. It was a nice, easy, relaxing night for Packers fans. And that uh, provided the good content. Yeah, it, uh, I've had a long work week. So um, having a, a Packer guy, I, I kind of lost track of time. It was like, oh, there's a Packer game on tonight. <laughs> uh, so that was a nice, nice surprise. And again, it was... Um, a shell of the 49ers that they played. But, uh, you know, after last weekend, I think Packer fans will happily take a uh, resounding victory against any team that was wearing 49ers jerseys tonight. So um, at least that was uh, some something positive to take us into the weekend if you're a Wisconsin sports fan. No doubt, Frank. I uh, appreciate you taking the time because I know you did have a busy week and uh, you probably got better things to be doing than talking about this late on the Thursday night. But I certainly appreciate it. It's always good to catch up with you. For everyone else, uh, we'll get some stuff out on social media again, and you can let us know uh, what you think about the NBA starting again, what you think about this Harrison Barnes uh, report that's come through from Zach Lowe. There'll be plenty of talking points over the weekend, and we'll get back at it uh, next week. We thank you all for listening, and uh, we will catch you guys after the weekend.